Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. And as you turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter number 13, Brother Les, I am going Old Testament. <laughs> Brother Les asked me before service if I was going to be preaching from the Old Testament. But book of Numbers, chapter number 13, and while you're turning there, I want to give honor where honor is due. I'm thankful for, while they're not here, Bishop and Sister Gleason. How many are thankful for our pastoral leadership at our church? Pastor Justin and Sister Anna, we thank God for them and we're thankful for what their leadership here is at the Life Church. Numbers chapter number 13, verse number 17, a very familiar story. If you've grown up in church, you've known this story. If you've not, this is your first time in a church. We'll tell you a little bit about this. And this is the Israelites were called out of Egypt and they were going to their promised land. And here they are and they're at the edge of the promised land and then this is where we pick up in Numbers chapter 13, verse number 17. It states, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, or whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests or not. Then he states, be of good courage. Look to your neighbor and say, be of good courage. And bring some fruit of the land. Anybody like fruit in the house this morning? Come on now. Now the time, look to your neighbor and say, now the time, was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And skipping down to verse number 25, and it states, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. After 40 days. This morning, with the help of the Lord, for the next few moments, I want to preach to you hiding in the promised land. Hiding in the promised land. And just before you're seated, look to your neighbor and tell him God's about to do something great in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As you're seated this morning. Growing up, how many of you played the game hide and seek? If you've ever played the game hide and seek, raise your hand. Now, I have learned that hide and seek with my four-year-old is a different type of hide and seek than when I was a kid and what I remember. For example, when I, what I remember of hide and seek was you counted to 10 or to 20, to 25, and you would go hide. Now I tell my daughter to count to ten, and we're lucky if we get to three before she's trying to look for me. And as you could probably guess by looking at me, I am not fast enough to get anywhere by the count of three where she cannot see me. However, there are times when we do play hide and seek, and I do actually get to hide. And there are times where she does have to look for me. And it's so much fun because I enjoy the thrill of hiding, and I enjoy the thrill of finding her. And I will tell you, because she is much smaller than me, the places that she can hide are much greater than me. For example, one day when we were playing hide and seek, I looked everywhere for her. Everywhere. Literally, 
thought she had walked out of our house until I walked into our pantry and she was hiding behind the bag of chips. It's pretty good, is right. And there are times where hiding is a good thing. And there are times where it's time to walk into the promised land. The book of Exodus chapter number 6 and verse number 9 states, So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. You see, God chose the exodus of the Israelites to leave Egypt through supernatural methods instead of brute force. The Israelites were many in number, but God chose to display his supernatural power and abilities to the Israelite people who this was all new to. He was telling them that, hey, I can do great and mighty things if you let me. And he was letting them know that this journey that they were about to embark on was going to be one that would be of supernatural provision. It wasn't going to be because they had the largest army. It wasn't going to be because they had the greatest speakers. It wasn't going to be because they had the coolest things happening. But God was saying that I am going to go with you into the promised land and you're going to go because of the supernatural things that I can do for you. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like Sometimes that we're in the same boat where we want to have great things and we want to do great things and we want to see great things. But God is saying just rely on the supernatural ability that I can provide to take you into the promised land. And we come to a moment where we're saying, as the Israelites said, where our lives are looking at what the future could be, but we see where we're presently. You see, the idea to the Israelites that if they were to try and leave and it were to fail, there would be retaliation from the Egyptians. It would mean that they would have to do things a lot harder. It would mean that the taskmasters would beat them mercilessly, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about, mercilessly, whatever. That they would beat them harder and that it would be more unkind to them. And there was this idea that what if it fails? And I've come to tell somebody this morning that you've been wrestling with the things of God and you've been trying and God's been pulling for you to go deeper in your walk and relationship with God. And what you see in front of you is if, what if it fails? What if God doesn't back me up when I lay hands on the sick and they don't recover? What if God doesn't back me up when I try to disciple my neighbor? What if God doesn't back me up when I go all in and my family makes fun of me and my family is cruel to me? What if it doesn't work? And we hide in the promised land when we were never meant to hide in the promised land. We sit there and we say, God, I wish you could do this when God is saying, if you take the first step along the way, there's going to be supernatural provision. If you just get out of where you're at, there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders, and I will be with you every step of the way. It wasn't just the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, but God provided for them. And he knew that what he was about to give them as they were sitting there and they put the blood on their doorposts, he knew that when the angel walked by that this was going to be a sign to them that the angel of the Lord will go with you and before you, that it may be a cloud by day and a fire by night, but I want you to know that the supernatural, the things of God will always be with you. Which takes us to our text chapter. The Egyptians were not giants in the flesh. They were taskmasters. 
And here we see that the Israelites are again standing in front of where God has them. We see that God is trying to position them to go to the land that was promised to them after 400 plus years of slavery. And we see that the Israelites have this moment where they could either possess it or they could say that this is too much for us. And again, most of us know this story. And we sometimes get into the land of our promise. And we sit there and we say, I know God can heal, but what if he doesn't? I know God can deliver, but what if he doesn't? I know God can set the captive free, but what if he doesn't? And if I could this morning, I'm trying to help somebody understand and trying to give a little bit of faith to somebody that might be walking through life and you're wondering where God is and you're sitting there and you're saying, my life hasn't quite worked out like I thought it would or, or perhaps I've been praying for a miracle and it hasn't happened yet or, or perhaps I haven't even taken that first step to salvation yet and you're saying, I, I, I'm trying to get a hold of God, but what if he's not there? And let me just challenge your thinking this morning as we are about to embark on what God wants us to do this morning is, what if God does? What if the miracle does happen? How will your life look? What if you are set free from addiction and bondage and chains and hurt and broken and trauma? What if God sets you free this morning at an altar with repentance and baptism and filling you with the Holy Ghost? And I've come to tell somebody this morning that you can live in the promised land that God has for you and you do not have to hide or worry about what the enemy is trying to assail you with. You see, when we get to the promised land, and the promised land is going to look different for everybody. For some of you, as Pastor Justin just mentioned, it might be that job. It might be that career that you've been waiting on God for for three years. And you said, I've been sowing into finishing strong. And I've got not, not had the promotion yet. I've not got the dream job yet. God, I've been giving every single time. And some of you are standing there on the edge of the promised land. And the enemy has convinced you that God has forgotten all about you. The enemy has convinced you that God did not care about every time that you sacrificed. God did not care about every time that you gave. And you said, God, I don't know where it's coming from next but I want to encourage somebody this morning that you do not have to hide in the promised land you can stand on the word of God if God said it it shall happen if God promised it it will happen and how we hide in the promised land is when we attach the what if factor what if it doesn't happen and a while ago, I had the opportunity, and we preached, and God moved in a mighty way, and after service, and God spoke and said that there were going to be miracle signs and wonders, and sure enough, there were miracle signs and wonders. People were healed, and people were filled with the Holy Ghost, and it was amazing what God was doing, and in, and in that service, I just felt God impress upon me that there would be those that had received negative doctor's reports to come forward and to receive the miracle that God had reached out for them. And when we stand in the promised land, I want you to know that God can do just what he said he would do. Listen, the Bible talks about these signs shall follow them that believe. We don't follow the signs. The, the signs follow us because we believe. If we were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, these signs shall follow them that believe. So when we lay his hands on the sick, we expect them to recover. When we pray for somebody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, we expect them to be filled. As Pastor Justin reminded me 
a few weeks ago that it was Brother Billy Cole who said, I'm more shocked when God doesn't do it. I'm more shocked when God doesn't heal the sick just like that. For whatever reason, I'm more shocked. And so in this service, I sat there. And after service, was talking and people were talking and God was, had done great things. And there was somebody that had came to me and told me some things about somebody that had received a doctor's report that week and just hadn't come forward for the miracle. And I immediately got sick, not physically sick, spiritually. Like I, my, 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 my spirit was just felt wrong. And I'll never forget, I, I, there's a difference between being spiritually sick and physically sick. And I remember I was sitting there and I said, this isn't normal. I went to lunch and I couldn't, couldn't stomach food really. I just felt miserable. And Monday or Sunday, that was Sunday, Monday, I worked from home and I was still not right. On Tuesday, still wasn't right until God spoke to me and he said, I want you to reach out to a prophet. And I reached out to a prophetic voice in my life and immediately God spoke and said, what you're feeling is when people stand at the edge of the promise but never possess the promised land. And what you're feeling is how God speaks in the New Testament. He says, I will spew the lukewarm out of my mouth. And what God was saying was, and as soon as that happened, it passed. But what God is trying to convince us with this morning and trying to tell some of us that if God said it, it shall happen. If God spoke the word, it will happen. There is no longer a need for some of us to hide in our promised land because we're worried about this or we're worried about that. What if God does do it? What if God steps into the room this morning and the very prayers that you've been praying for years, God instantly does in just a moment's time. And God is reaching for some of us saying, there is no longer a need to hide in the promised land. You see, the Israelites were hiding and they were wondering, how are we going to overcome the giants? How are we going to overcome the problems that lie in front of us? <coughs> Meanwhile, God had just parted the Red Sea for them and he drowned the Egyptians in the water. And here we see Caleb and Joshua. And in my mind, I picture them walking into this promised land. They went as spies. So spies mean that they went in discreetly. And in my mind, I picture them walking in. And the first time that they saw one of the giants walk by or heard one of the thuds of their foot, that they immediately began to lose faith. Every time a giant's footstep walked by, every time they saw these grapes that were so big, Every time that they saw things that weren't the way that they expected them to look, their faith began to decrease. And there are times in our lives where we will be walking <clears throat> with God. <laughs> and every time God doesn't answer a prayer, the enemy begins to get in our ear one more time. I told you God doesn't care about you. Every time that we suffer another setback or life throws us a curveball, as Dr. Larmy mentioned earlier, the enemy begins to say, there's no way you can possess the promised land. 
Every time that the enemy knocks us down and we feel like there's no way that we can get back up, the enemy says that there's no way that God will ever forgive you for what you've done. I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this place. And there are some of you that have been hiding in the promised land for years and God is reaching for you this morning and saying that if you'll just step out on the other side of that is going to be the greatest blessings, the greatest life, the greatest things that you could ever imagine. But it is time for some of us to stop hiding in the promised land and start walking in our prophetic destiny. And the Israelites are here. And God has never not been true to his word. God is and not a man that can lie. Rather, he is a man that keeps his promises every single time. And some of us have been holding on to promises for years. We've been holding on to those children for years. We've been holding on to those giftings and those abilities and those talents and wondering when is God going to do what he said he would do? And I've come to tell somebody and unlock something to this morning in your spirit that God is telling you that it's time to stop hiding in the promised land and it's time to walk into your prophetic destiny and it's time to stand out and say, if God said it, it's for me. If God said it, it shall come to pass. You see, the giants, though, are put there for reasons. There are all kinds of giants that we face, and many of us have different giants in our lives. Some are fear or insecurity or things that have happened to us. Some of them are things that when we were children that it's not our fault, but we've carried the burden for. Some of those are depression and anxiety and stress. And some of these problems that we have come from a long line of family problems. And some of us in this room, that if we were to be honest with God right now in this moment, there would be some unresolved issues because of things that our family has done. That we sit there and we say, I wish that there were no generational curses, but I just wish I lived in the blessing of the Lord. But I want you to know this morning that you can leave here and you can rewrite the years of generational curses. And from this day forward, it can be apostolic generational blessings in your family from today forward. And so these giants in our lives have caused some of us to hide when God has called us to thrive. Some of us have hidden in our prophetic destiny when God has called us to walk boldly in our prophetic destiny. And there are some of us here this morning that we have not taken that first step yet into a blessing and a covenant relationship with God. And I just want to remind somebody this morning that when you feel like there is no hope, when you feel like there is no way that God sees you where you're at, that you've been hiding and that you've been searching for so long, that there's no way that God could reach you where you're at. I have come to tell somebody this morning that God knows exactly where you're at. And God's getting ready to do something supernatural. 
The Israelites had this problem, though, that the giants were in their eyes. They had this issue that there was no way that God could do something so big because what they saw physically was so impossible. And whatever it is that you've been running from, whether it's the answering the call of God or whether it's jumping all in on your relationship with God or whether it's just taking that first step towards the altar this morning, whatever it is, God will meet you here this morning. But here's what the enemy will try to do. When you take that first step, Brother Caden, come here. When you, have you ever noticed that um, there are some people in your life that are always pulling you and they're like, hey, let's go towards the thing of God. And then there's the other ones that are like, no, 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 no. You stay right there, Caden. You just, you, just, you just stay right there. And when we take that first step, here's what happens. Is we walk into the promised land of our lives and we say, hey, you know what? God is about to do something great in my life. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been seeking God. And we feel God there. And then we leave service. And we got to walk all on our own. And the enemy says, Caden, you don't need to come any further. You just, you go back that way, okay? Caden, you go back that way. And we hide in the promised land because we get afraid of what the outcome might potentially be. And, and the enemy says that there's no way, Caden, you're going to do this on your own. You need the man of God there walking with you. And if, if you don't do this, Caden, there's no way that God is ever going to use you. Caden, you got, and the enemy is constantly, and if we're not careful, all of a sudden we begin to take steps backward and we begin to just keep moving. And God is trying to reach to somebody this morning that if you're going to walk in your prophetic destiny, we got to stop hiding in the promised land. And we've got to step out and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world because look he's still walking forward he's still moving in the pathway of God it doesn't matter what the enemy has said it doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do but he realizes that I'm not hiding in the promised land anymore I'm going to walk in my victory I wish that somebody would understand this morning that you don't have to hide in the promises of God. If God promised you a victory in your family, there's going to be a victory. If God promised you victory in your life, there will be. Come on, somebody. Let's just stand for a moment. Let's just rejoice that the promises of God are forever and amen. Come on, I'm not hiding in my promised land because I was there when the Red Sea parted. I was there when the angel came across after we put blood on our door. I am not hiding in the promised land. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just lift our voices right now. God's doing something right now. Come on, if you know how to war in the spirit, just go to war in the spirit for just a moment. There's some addictions that are being broken. There's some generational curses that are dying right now. You can be seated. We just got a couple more moments. Here's the deal, though. The promised land is your promised land. The giants were just inhabiting land that was not theirs. 
and the enemy is inhabiting places in our mind and in our heart that does not belong to him. The grapes that the giants were eating, the homes that they were building, they were just preparing the Israelites because the Bible states that they were going to live in homes they did not build. They were going to partake in grapes that they did not plant the trees for. And I've come to tell somebody this morning that what the enemy has told you is going to work out for your evil and for your demise. God is going to turn it around and it's going to work for your good. Come on, some of us have been standing on the word of God for a long time. When all hell was breaking loose in our lives, we stood on the word of God. When our family was mocking us, we stood on the word of God. When our coworkers mocked us, we stood on the word of God. And there are some of you here this morning and you're wondering, what is it that I'm talking about? And I've come to tell you this morning that you can get into a covenant relationship with God when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you can begin to stand on the word of God and say that the promises apply to me. Oh, hallelujah. Our family have been attacked, but we stood on the word of God. And God is about to do something supernatural. The Israelites were attacked every single day while they were in slavery. But they stood on the word of God and God said, I'm going to give you freedom. Notice this though. Why 40 days? Why 40 days? I've wondered this for many, many times. Did you ever notice this? They were in slavery for 400 plus years. They wandered the wilderness for 40 years. God took a tithe on Israel, if you will. And here they are wandering for 40 days in the promised land. Why? Many scholars believe, as the musicians come this morning, the Bible states, at one of the last verses that we read, that it was a time of first fruits for the grapes. And notice the Bible states that they brought grapes back out. So here they are, 40 days, the Bible states that they left and they came back. Why? First fruits lasted 30 days. And what the history tells us, and what the scholars believe is this, that after day 30, the wine dressers and those that would go amongst the vineyards where the grapes were. They would rest on day 30. And between day 30 and 40, there would be nobody working because they would be waiting for the grapes to age a little bit longer. So on day 30, when those first 30 days when they're grabbing grapes, the wine dressers in the vineyard people, they're grabbing the best possible grapes at that moment. And what they see is that the grapes after day 30 need to sit just a little bit longer because they're not quite ready yet. So on day 30, they rest. And the Bible tells us that the Israelites come back after 40 days. And what scholars believe is that between day 30 and day 40, the Israelites were wandering the promised land for the first time with nobody watching. For those spies who said that it's too big, this would be the only time that they ever saw this promised land. 
But for Joshua and Caleb, I picture in my mind that they're trying to run around the vineyards while wine dressers are there and the vineyard makers are there and the, the other spies are saying, sit down, you're going to get us caught. Stop running, they're going to hear your footsteps. And here we see that they had an opportunity to walk into a land. And let me just tell you this much. If those ten spies that walked in, God could have delivered them in the promised land in that moment just like that. He didn't need them to march around years later. He could have delivered them in that moment. But yet, their lack of faith. And as they were hiding amongst the bushes and hiding amongst the trees, they're waiting for one of the vineyard workers to walk by. And on day 30, when they finally made their exodus to grab some fruit as Moses had commanded them, the fruit that they were grabbing was not even the best fruit in the promised land. You see, God is so gracious and still allowed them to walk out of the promised land with something. And for those spies who did not have the faith to believe that was all they would ever taste and all they would ever see. And I'm come to preach to somebody this morning that you feel as we stand in this house. That you've been walking in a land where it may seem odd and it may seem like you don't know or have all the answers for it. And some of us have been wandering and saying, God, I'm sick and tired of hiding in what I feel like the promises that you've given me. And we sit there and we see the land and the things in front of us can look daunting. The medical report in front of us can look almost as if it's a giant and there's no way that we could ever overcome it. The great news is that you've got God with you. The things in the job that hasn't worked out look in front of us as if they're a giant and we say, there's no way that I could ever overcome this in the promised land. And so we lose a little bit more faith and we shrink down just a little bit. And there are some of us here this morning that we've wanted to make a move for this altar so bad in our lives. But we think that when we do, things are going to be different. Oh, yes, they are. Things are going to be so different. And we feel that we've got to hide when God has called us to walk boldly into the promised land. Now, I know that they were sent as spies just to look at the land. I know that. I'm not discounting that. But what I'm saying is this, is that if they had just walked in and said, these are mine, these are mine. These don't belong to you, Mr. Giant. These don't belong to you, Mrs. Giant. No, these are mine. Something would have shifted. And here we stand this morning. And there are some of us where the enemy has convinced us that the things in our lives belong to him. See, Saul is standing there Book of 1 Kings. And the Bible states that there were no weapons in the land. 
and that if the Israelites wanted to sharpen their harvesting tools just to, just to live, they had to go visit the Philistines. They were hiding in the promised land. This was their land. They didn't have to go to the Philistines. God could have done it, but because of their lack of faith, they hid when God called them to thrive. And we say, well, God, I don't want to hide in the promised land anymore. Good news is God is going to meet us here in just a moment so you don't have to. If you've been on the fence about living for God and you've been in one day and out the other day and you don't know what to do, I want you to know that this morning at this, at this altar, if you purpose it in your, in your life that you want to get out of hiding, God's going to change your life forever this morning. But here's the greatest part of all of this. The disciples, if we fast forward to the New Testament, after Jesus had been crucified and after he was buried, they went into hiding. They were afraid of what was about to happen to them or would have happened to them if they had been caught because they knew that they were rounding up the disciples. And they were afraid. But all of a sudden, Jesus appears in their midst and he asks them what they're doing. And they say, it's you. It's Jesus. When Jesus shows up, we don't have to hide in the promised land any longer. There are some of us this morning that have been waiting on Jesus to show up. We've been waiting on God to show up and say, God, if you're really real, give me something to know. If you come into this place this morning and this was a last hope, a last resort, let me just tell you, you can leave full of hope. So they're hiding. And then Jesus tells them, you go wait, you wait for me. Because and then on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting in. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost was poured out for the first time that we see here. And then Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, you got to repent. you got to be baptized and you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? It's so that you don't have to hide in the promised land any longer. It's so that you can walk in the boldness. It's so you can walk in the victory. So here is where it comes down for us this morning, and this is where God is going to take us the rest of this service. There are some of you that have been hiding and been trying to make up in your mind if you want to do this thing, if you want to live for God. Let me just tell you, if you find yourself at this altar this morning, God is going to meet you here. And when he meets you here, you're going to know it, and you're not going to have to hide in the promised land any longer. That's number one. Number two, for those of you that have been seeking and you've been wondering, if you've been asking God, God, I, maybe I need the Holy Ghost. God, I, I don't know about this. Do I really need Let me just tell you, A, you need it, and B, God's going to fill you here with it this morning. Well, thank God anyway. God's going to fill somebody here this morning with the Holy Ghost. I'm full of faith that God's going to do it. And lastly, we are going to see God pour out miracles in this place. We are going to see God do supernatural things. But what is going to happen is we just got to start right now with a prayer of repentance. So I want us just to lift our hands all across this room. If you've never prayed before, don't worry. It's going to be easy. We're just going to pray a prayer of repentance and ask God to forgive us. Right now, every hand all across this room. Lord, I come before you, God. Lord, I ask that you would search my heart, God. God, that you would cleanse me of anything in my heart that's not like you. 
God, I want my heart to be pure. And Lord, I ask this morning that you would forgive me for anything that I've done. Anything that was contrary to who you are, oh God, I ask that you would forgive me. God, I pray right now, Lord, that it's enough, God. But Lord, I pray that you would turn me, God, from my things that in my life that separate me from you. God, that I would make an effort every single day to die on the altar so that my life can be found one that is worthy of the high calling. And I pray, God, that you would forgive me, God. I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what I want. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come forward this morning. If you need God to fill you with the Spirit, if you need God to move inside your life, I want you. If you need a miracle, I want you to come to the front of this room right now. If you need a miracle... Or if you're just ready to get into this game and start doing what God has called you to do and walking in your prophetic destiny, I want you to come forward this morning. If you need a miracle, if you need the Holy Ghost, or if you want God to fill you and do something new in your life, I want you to come down to the front of this altar this morning. If you need a miracle, you need God to fill you, or you need God, you want God to refresh you like never before, I want you to come to this altar this morning. just to lift our hands right now. We're going to release the word of faith here in just a moment, but I just want us to lift our hands right now. Come on, God's getting ready to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost for the very first time in this place. Come on, that's it. Just lift your voice right now. Just lift your voice in this place. Never been filled. This is your moment today. God is going to do it. Come on, just lift your voice right now. We're going to we're going to release the word of faith here in just a moment. We just need to lift our voice right now. the word of faith. 
And when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to shout amen at the top of your lungs with everything that's inside of you. And God is going to fill, God is going to heal, and God is going to renew and restore. All right? Everybody lifted hands right now. By the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost be poured out right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.